Welcome to Window of Opportunity, a Stargate Rewatch podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 6, Episode 16, Metamorphosis. It always needs a little side. I don't know. I keep thinking, like, should I edit, like, the, the theme song a little different so it kind of fades out and then, like, comes back in with a sting to, like, be like, Rawr. but I, I'm too lazy to try and figure that out. <laughs> I'll start. I will finally start to scour the internet for interesting sound effects, or I will work on making different ones other than just every single time of da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> And that's pretty much the extent of how that goes. <laughs> if only I had a soundboard. Yeah, that's too complicated. I don't need all that. <laughs> I'm sure you uh, could find free apps. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of free sound effects out there. Lots stuff. of really out of context sound effects. That would really be fun. <laughs> Gasps and screams of delight in random places. Yeah. Is the Wilhelm podcast. scream free by now, or do you have to pay for that? I mean, pro- it's got to be, because that sucker's old. Let's let's see. Is the Wilhelm scream public domain? <laughs> oh. No, it's still copyrighted, but, like, you can purchase it as part of, like, various sound effects libraries. Oh, we're going to need a sponsor for that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway, should should we get to this episode? All right, let's do it. Okay. So this episode originally aired on February 7th, 2003, with a story by Jacqueline Samuda, who plays Mirti, and James Titchener, with the teleplay by James Titchener, who's usually like the visual effects supervisor guy. Uh, It was directed by Peter DeLuise. And on the commentary, we have Peter and James themselves talking about everything. Oh, is there a cameo? No. <gasps> no Not that I saw. No. no, and he didn't point one out, so I don't think so. Oh, weird. Yeah. So in this episode, SG-1 attempts to save a planet's inhabitants from Nirti's genetic experimentation, but find themselves to be her next victims. Oh, man. That, that's another. Can we? I'll try to do my best Wilhelm scream impression of, ah! This is terrible. <laughs> 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 I know. So we open in the SGC where Sam is waiting for the elevator, and when it arrives, Jonas is in there with Lieutenant Rush. Uh, according to the commentary, that actress is actually Amanda Tapping's stand-in, so she got a little on-screen time, which was great. And oh, like, fun. they're they're kind of flirting and like rather awkwardly on Jonas's part because he's like, maybe I'll get sick because she's a nurse and he can get sick. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're adorable, but so dumb. <laughs> And see, if somebody had said that to me in real life, that's exactly what my brain would have been doing. I'm like, oh, you're trying. (laughs) He then mentions to Sam that on Kelowna, it's customary for a friend to sort of pass on the message that someone wants to ask another person out. And Sam's like, no. And Jonas asks that Sam could at least maybe find out if she would be interested in going out with Jonas if he were to ask. And then Sam calls Jonas a chicken shit, but the shit gets covered up by the sound of a klaxon blurring because there's an unscheduled off-world activation. So did she actually say it? Because I always wonder in those situations, because sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. 
It's it seems like she did. And I saw people mentioning in places that like the, if you have the closed captioning on, it says chicken shit like in the in the closed captions. So oh, I think, really? I think she actually said it and then probably just messed with the levels and posts as they were adding in the klaxon sound and everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. which did you know klaxon is actually a name brand? No. Like Kleenex or Xerox? No. Huh. Klaxon no. is actually a name brand. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, so uh, Sam and Jonas run to the control room where Walter Norman Harriman Davis tells Sam that it's the Russian team and they're asking for medical team to be on standby. So she tells him to open the iris and to call Hammond and Jack to the gate room. Did you notice in the scene Davis calls Sam sir? No, but you know what I did notice? Oh, I don't remember if it was like this this episode or the last one. It crap now it's sticking out of my brain of how often um when they're out in the field jonas will actually address all the military people including carter like by their military designation instead Mm -hmm. of just being like carter he'll officially say like major carter i don't know it stuck out to me because he was actually doing the formality okay i don't know if i picked up a military person yeah yeah but yeah. And so I like I looked that up and I was like, apparently, yeah, it's a thing like in the military women like ranked officers are called sir. I'm I'm cool with it. I like it. I mean, sure. Why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK, so when the Russian team comes through, they have a human from the planet where they were on with them. And apparently this is not allowed without prior authorization. And by the time they get down there, Jack has also made it to the gate room. And so the man with the Russian team is named Alibran. And they brought him back to the SGC because he has vital information about Nirti. She's been experimenting on his people and changing them. And Evanov, who's the leader of the Russian team, knew Jack would be interested in this information since SG-1 are the guys that let her go free. Right. And upon learning that Nirti has been experimenting on humans, their first thought is, well, surely we need to bring him right back to Earth. I know. It's like... Because... Nothing can go wrong with that one. And let's just all stand within two feet of him in the room. Yeah. Without any quarantine protocols whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Not off to a great start. (laughs) No. Um, So a couple interesting things in the commentary uh, get discussed sort of around here. So the guy who plays Evanov was previously in what has become one of our favorite episodes, Desperate Measures, <gasps> where uh, he was just, he was uh, like an unnamed Russian soldier that ambushed that truck that was carrying the Jaffa in that episode. So ah. like he wasn't not Evanov, but because his character didn't have a name in that episode. So who knows? Maybe he could be the same guy. Although I don't know. Um, but then they also start getting into, and it, it goes on for a while. They talk about, um, like the, the origins of the stuff, like where the story came from and everything. And apparently part of James Titchener's negotiations to come back was to get to be able to write a script because apparently he used to do that a lot when he was younger, like write stories and scripts and things like that. And his original pitch was actually just like a random sort of mad like Dr. Moreau type scientist trying to like graft wings and other weird things onto people to make them like better. And then I think I think it was Brad Wright. They said mentioned that like near T was still out there and the whole Hawk Tar thing with trying to make a better 
host for the Gould symbiote to be like more powerful and whatever. She's wanting to be better about the host. So he's like, oh, okay. So they kind of like scrapped like the wings thing and went with the near tea thing. And apparently a couple years prior, Jacqueline Samuda had had kind of a similar idea of like how to bring near tea back. Like she's continuing her experiments and stuff. So they didn't actually like collaborate on the story together, but because she had had basically a similar idea, they had to credit her with like the story idea. Oh, like legally, <laughs> which is why like, if you see a writer or you have a friend who's a writer or something, don't tell them, Hey, I have a great idea because they legally can't listen to it. Honestly, because it might creep somewhere down the line, then you can sue them and it's a whole thing. So don't like authors, like if you follow people on Twitter or like don't send them unsolicited story ideas because it is like a whole legal wormhole you don't want to get into. You know, what's interesting with that concept, too, is that I heard with all of the um, fairly recent stuff with um, Ed Sheeran and his copyright music, you know, lawsuits of, I I think... Oh, it's, I mean, it's not recent within the last few weeks, but like this year sometime, he got sued by Marvin Gaye's estate for having one of his songs they thought sounded too much like it. But in this like news thing that I was listening to, they said that what artists are starting to do now when they write songs is if, you know, while they're going through the writing process and someone's like, hey, this sounds like that other song, they will just put the writer of that song they will just flat out credit them as a writer on this song to like cover their bases oh wow I had not heard without that. without even like contacting this person or what they will just like credit them so huh. that you know kind of have it, heading that off as a at the past kind of a thing interesting because you know music is inspiration everywhere of course something is going to eventually sound like something else you know whether you want it to or not because yeah you know but yeah I just found that really interesting where they were like oh okay (laughs) we're just gonna start adding writers even if it sounds like something yeah that is interesting okay yeah yeah um I wanted to ask did you remember the incident where SG1 let near T go free or should I remind you of that Remind me, because of course I don't remember. Okay, so it's uh, at the end of Rite of Passage, which is the episode where we find Cassandra and bring her back to Earth. And when we oh, do man. that, like Nearty snuck through in her cloaked form. And, you know, Cassandra's got the bomb in her chest and everything. So in exchange for letting Nearty go, or for Nearty healing Cassandra, they like let her go. Wow, it's been that long. Yes, it's been quite a long time since we've seen Nearty, yes. Oh, man. That's where we are. Mm-hmm. Okay, got okay. it. Okay, so we come back from the opening credits, and Hammond and Dr. Fraser have arrived in the gate room, and apparently Colonel Ivanov had promised Alibrand that the SGC, perhaps specifically SG-1, would help his people, and Jack's like, I'm sorry, you did what? And Alibrand is visibly in pain, and so Fraser takes him off to isolation room three, and in the isolation room where everybody's just standing around his bed, not in any kind of protective hazmat gear or anything. Yep, so why is he in isolation room? Because he's not isolated from anybody. Like, the door is wide open. But, okay. Um, so we get, But in there, we get a little, little more information about what's been happening on his planet. So Nearty was experimenting on the population of the planet and saying she was helping them. But Alibran realized she was lying when he saw people dying in very horrific manner. 
Once he became argumentative, Nirti just let him go, and when he got back to his village, everybody was dead. She was using this machine that seems to be able to manipulate DNA in real time, so she's apparently back on her thing of trying to make a Hawktar, which is an advanced human, to have the perfect host. And Evanov then mentions that Nirti only has a small number of Jaffa in her service because she's still, like, very much on the fringes of, like, Gould society at this point. And so capturing or even killing her should be relatively easy. But how did he say it? The line was very interesting. It was, like, her capture and, if necessary, assassination. And I was like, ooh. I just, I just liked how they put that in the uh, in the script. Yeah, I believe her capture or, if necessary, her assassination is quite possible. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, ooh, assassination, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alibran then speaks up and says, like, something's happening, and apparently he's worried that Nirti can still kill him, even though he's on another planet. And Jonas is like, wait, what if she can't? And then Sam's like, oh, my God, Cassandra, quick, get him to the x-ray, because maybe he has a bomb in his chest. This is Nirti. And they're rushing him through the halls, explaining to Evanoff what happened with Cassandra, because apparently he hasn't read all the mission reports like Jonas has. And Alibran's becoming increasingly agitated, begging for someone to kill him. He starts, like, screaming. He's turning red. He becomes bloated. Then he starts seizing. Then his body, like, explodes. Like, not very, it's not a very explosive explosion, but it kind of just goes, but it almost like more like pops into some kind of, like, clear liquid goo. I don't know if it's supposed to be water, but it's just, like, I don't know, some kind of clear liquid goo And so Hammond gets on the intercom and calls for a hazmat team to come clean that up because, ew, just gross. Yeah. 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 And everyone's just looking at it. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Fun fact, apparently the original script did call for, like, a more, like, bloody explosion. Like, with, like, blood and guts. But Joseph Molossi was like, that's too icky. So they changed it to the sort of water just cellular complete cellular decomposition thing. Oh. Into goo. Yes. All right. And they did that by having like condoms full of water on the bed and just popping them. <laughs> like you do. Like you do. So like when they see I think it's that shot that's like below there where you see the water like splatting onto the floor. That's like real water. Mm-hmm. It's not CG. So Okay. Okay, so Jack is like, SG-1, we'll get geared up immediately, head back to the planet, and he also requests from Hammond that SG-3 go along with them, and Evanov is like, I'd like to go along, and Jack shoots that down, but then Hammond shoots down Jack's shooting down and reminds Jack that the Russians have information that will likely be very important on this mission, and Evanov adds that they've scouted the entire area, they can get SG-1 straight into Nirti's palace, so Jack, like it or not, there are Russians in the SGC, and this Russian team is going with you back to Alibran's planet. None of them are going to survive again. Of course not. <laughs> well, we only see Evanov die. We don't know what happened with the other three. That is very true. Hopefully, because they were, they were still yeah. back by the gate. So hopefully they just went back to the SGC. Hopefully, because I actually did not. I would not have enjoyed it if, like, all of the Russian team died again. It would have been like, really? We did this already. Yes. Yeah. So they're back on the planet, making their way towards, like, the woods uh, to the fortress. And there's only a few Jaffa on guard, but they are very strategically placed. So Jack orders Sam and Jonas to go set up some diversions. So we see them sort of running around setting up C4. And then Sam, like, double checks her watch. Apparently when it's time, they blow the triggers. Explosions go off. 
the Jaffa go running everywhere. And the guy who yells Jaffa Cree is our friend Dan Payne. As like the Jaffa commander guy. Woo-hoo. Um, so firefight ensues. The Jaffa go down very easily as they always do. Uh, mm-hmm. Tilk manages to get to one of those massive cannons, starts taking out Jaffa with that. Finally, they're mostly all dispatched, but there's like one guy left like running back towards the fortress Jack is like, I got it, and like takes him out with just like a single bullet, which is just is always so cool because everybody else is just like a hail of bullets and blah, and Jack is just like, bam, one shot down. And we're done. Yep. So Jaffa are all dispatched. Jack orders the Russians to stay outside and keep watch while they head inside. <laughs> so as she one head in, and they find a group of the natives like right inside the door, and they're all quite physically deformed, but they insist that Nirti is making them better. The main one speaking, his name is Wodan, played by returning guest star Dion Johnstone. Yay! And that Alibran was his brother. And apparently Alibran used to look like them, but Nirti cured him. Jonas and Tilk inform him that Alibran is dead, and in fact everyone in their village is dead. And Jack is like, well, Alibran's kind of a common name. Maybe it's someone else trying to get like Jonas and Tilk to cool it, because they're just like massive info dump on these people. It's like, we don't know the situation. Like, just bring it, bring it down a notch. Maybe don't tell them everything right out of the gate. But Wodan does say that, like, Nirti's not there now, but they expect her back soon to continue their treatments. They believe Nirti is their god who is curing them of a plague that had beset them before she appeared. SG-1 tried to convince them that's not true, that she's a parasite and who the ghouls are and all of that stuff. Does it still, like, what is your reaction now when they still have in episodes, like, this far along, when how many planets has SG-1 visited that they really do think that they're just going to show up and be like, these aren't gods. These are just parasites. They're here to kill you. And they somehow expect that the entire population yeah. is just going to be like, oh, I knew something was weird. Oh, well, we should revolt. <laughs> it is a little like, yeah, especially because the ghoul try to like, you know, keep down their like advancement technologically just sort of general knowledge wise so obviously they're not going to have the wherewithal to even try and figure out that the ghouls aren't who they say they are and they seem to be all powerful if you don't understand how technology works so it's like you're gonna need a little more than just showing up and going hey they're liars right like and that. they didn't even say what was the brother's name Aldebran. Alibran. Alibran, yes um they didn't even say Alibran came to us for help because he said, they're experimenting on you. They're hurting you. He went to his village and everyone was gone. And we know Nirti. We've experienced Nirti before. Like, they didn't even say anything about, of like, he came to us for help because he said you were being hurt. Yeah. 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 They, they were just like, he's dead. So is everyone in your village. By the way, it wasn't us. <laughs> yeah. It's like that. Yeah, all that information comes a lot later in the episode. Like I don't. Yeah. That would be inform that would be useful information now, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it just the fact that this far along in the show they still use that as a plot point of like, they're not gods, they're awful people expecting people to just like take them at their word when Right. Those characters, yeah, just yeah, it's like you are anyway. nobody to these people. 
Why yeah. would they believe you? I would very much like it if in a further episode they were like, we've tried this before. It doesn't work. Let's try something else. <laughs> I don't think that ever happens. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so while this conversation is going on, we see that Sam finds that the machine that Nirti was using and has been poking around at it and believes it to be of ancient origin. It's very complicated. She would need a couple days and a whole lot of help to try and understand how it works. Like, basically, they need Nirti if they're going to fix this. One of the other men, Egar, also played by returning guest star Alex Zahara. Uh, Yay! Tells Bodan that Jack intends to kill Nirti. Jack tries to insist he doesn't. He was just going to nicely ask her to explain what she's done and fix it. And Wodan then adds that Jack thinks he's responsible for what's happening here. And Jack's like, I'm just go- I'm gonna go tell Evanov what's happening. Like he's, mm-hmm. just, he's like, I'll be back, but I'm just gonna leave right now. So Jack tells Evanov he wants to set up an ambush for Nirti when she returns, and Evanov and his team will be the backup. He also asks if Evanov talked to anyone other than Alibran because of all the weird stuff like Egger was saying. And he's like, nope, we only saw Alibran. That's it. So back inside, Jonas and Tilk are going with Egger and Wodan down to sort of like the basement and these cells where more of the natives are being kept. Wodan lifts his arm and the bars of the cage raise up. Apparently, this dude has telekinesis. What? And Jonas and Tilk try to insist that Egger and Wodan get back into the cage, but Wodan's like, I don't think so, yanks their weapons away, forces them into the ground, like force shoves them into the cage, and also yanks their radios. So now Jonas and Tilk have been taken captive. Oh, man. No! Sam calls to Jonas over the radio that she needs help, but obviously gets no response, so she calls to Jack to tell him. Jack tries, he gets no answer, he tries to call Evanov, gets no answer from him, so, like, something's going on. Jack tells Sam to stay put, and he'll be right there. So, Sam, like, gets her zat ready, and we see a set of rings in the lab activate, and two Jaffa appear. Sam manages to hit them with the zat before they can fire at her. But as she goes to examine them, she is then taken down by a zat from behind. And what do you know? It's Nirti as she deactivates her cloaking device. What? Surprise. So Jack makes it back to the lab, has a little bit of a standoff with Nirti. Jack admits that he needs her alive so she can help everybody there. She insists she is helping them. One of the Jaffa sits up but is still dazed from being zatted. Jack goes to shoot him, but the bullet stops in midair, like right in front of his face. It's Rodan. He's there. He stopped the bullet. Uh, it drops to the ground. And so Jack, and he's like, mm, yeah, okay. And just like puts his gun down. And then he gets added. Oh, man. So Jack and Sam wake up in the cells with Jonas and Tilk and all of the other native people. Jonas explains about Wodan being telekinetic and Egger being telepathic. So Nirti's getting closer, but Sam is sure sure she's not done yet because whatever she's done to these people is unstable. But who knows what other powers these people could have, like super strength, whatever. Who knows what's going on? Wodan and Egger then come back carrying Evanov, who's like, he's semi-conscious. He's kind of like stumbling along, but he's definitely very much out of it. And he was apparently with Nirti, and Nirti wants to see Sam next. Jack tries to insist that it's his turn, but Wodan just holds Jack back with his telekinesis. And Jack tries pleading with them that they really did come to help. And Edgar admits that he did sense that, but also sensed that Jack would be willing to let everyone there die as long as he could get near T. Jack says that's not true, but you can't lie to Edgar because he can read your mind. 
But, you know, hey, at least Sam's going to find out how that machine works. Uh So Sam enters the lab and is sort of uh, stood on this like pedestal thing and like a light surrounds her. And then a hologram of her DNA appears. Nearty does something else on the machine, pushes some more buttons. And she goes like really rigid, like she's in pain and is kind of like struggling against something. Uh, Evanov is awake and apologizes for being caught. He doesn't know what Nirti did to him, but something feels different. He unfortunately wasn't able to get a message to his team, but enough time has passed where they've been out of contact that they should have headed back to the SGC. By the way, where's Sam? All right. So the rest of the Russian team should be okay. Yes, I I think so. Yes. So this machine is kind of contradictory is it not or am i missing it because alibrand showed up after i guess multiple sessions in this thing and he eventually disintegrated uh then the um you know sg stargate guys are disintegrating after like one but the rest of the planet population that's still there are still okay but they said we need to have our treatment otherwise we die so are they just misinformed i think my question is is so alibran did mention there was a plague or was it what some one of them mentioned that there was a plague that had affected their people before near t showed up did that plague cause the deformities or is near t what near t doing causing the deformities because Alibrand didn't have any of the, you know, tumors or eyes on the side of his head, like everybody else does. That's what I don't understand. And I don't think they ever actually make clear. Well, they do say that comment of Alibrand used to look like us, but she cured him. Yeah. So I feel like that was the plague, but like nobody else has physical changes after the treatment, except for just whether or not they disintegrate. So I'm not quite sure where that comes from. But I mean, it it could be like when Jonas gets in the machine, you know, near team makes that comment about like a thousand years on a different planet has done remarkable things to your DNA or something. So it could just be the DNA between the humans on this planet and humans of Earth is different enough that one single treatment and maybe because they are the members of the SGC Nirti's going a lot harder on them because she hates them. Maybe. So she could just be like ramping the machine up to 11 whenever a member of the SGC is in there. And that's why they, it's one treatment and then sploosh. Maybe. I also wondered kind of if she actually caused the plague so that she could show up Yeah, so that she could show up as the savior and be like, oh, my, I have this handy machine here that could save your lives from this convenient plague. Yes, I I wondered that myself, too. Yeah, that that is a very gouldy thing to do. Mm hmm. Yes. Yep. Let's just go with yes. Okay, cool. I Mm -hmm. like it. Check. Yep. Head cannon. Check. Okay. Yep. So back up in the lab, Sam is like covered in sweat, in pain, and like collapses as Near T turns the machine off. Next up, bring her Jonas. Sam is taken back to the cells, and again, Jack tries to insist that he's next, but no, it's Jonas's turn. So as Wodan opens the door to his cell once he gets outside, he like rushes and knocks Egger into the wall. 
Tilk goes to rush out as well, but Wodan starts like lowering the cell and Tilk like grabs the bottom of it to try and keep it open so he can get out. But Wodan's power eventually wins out. The door gets closed and he also then knocks Tilk down. Jonas goes to punch Egger, but Wodan stops his fist. Jonas taunts Egger and then Wodan manages to shove Jonas away. And he then threatens Tilk not to try that again as they take Jonas away. Oh, man. Sam is awake, but weak and kind of sweaty. Jack tries to assure her that she'll be okay, and she's not so sure about that. Uh, up in Nearty's lab, she makes a comment that Jonas is not human. He's like, I am, just not from Earth. And his ancestors were kidnapped from Earth thousands of years ago by a ghoul. And she's like, well, it wasn't me. So I don't know what you're going on about. <laughs> she's mm-hmm. like, Okay. So he gets into the machine and, you know, she does her thing. But it's interesting because he doesn't appear to be in pain as Sam was. I don't know if she just hadn't cranked the machine up yet or something. And then this is where Nearty makes that comment that he's been changed quite a bit by thousands of years on another planet. Interesting. Down in the cells, Evanov is not doing well and neither is Sam, really. Tilk has been trying to convince the other prisoners that Nearty is not a god, but they won't listen because they never do. And Jack thinks Egger is the key. And like, why hasn't he just read Nearty's mind? And Tilk's like, well, he might be afraid to do that if he thinks she's a god. And also, it seems like he can't just read minds all the time. Like, it seems to be something he needs to, like, concentrate to do because he didn't know that Jonas was going to jump him when they opened the cell earlier. Then Evanov starts, like, gasping and coughing and everyone turns and watches as we just hear off screen he like the 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 sploosh of him turning into the goo that happened to alibran so hmm. so Uh, not good things no now we have one of the most awkward scenes in stargate where uh jonas wakes up in near bedchamber we get the lovely like through the leg you're trying to seduce me mrs robinson shot like yeah uh, and apparently Jonas is much closer to the ideal than any of the others that Nirti's ever experimented on. She could give him the most amazing powers, and together they could rule the galaxy, and Jonas doesn't really want that. And even if he did get those powers, he would just use it to free his friends and then destroy her. So, you know. I thought that he would go along with that ruse for yes. a little bit longer. Just, yes. You just know. Try and get some more information out of her, like something. something. He, like two minutes, and he was like, but... I would kill you first chance I got. Yeah. I wonder if it's just like uh, Jonas and flirting just don't work. He just can't. That was his version of flirting. And he was like, obviously this isn't working. You can't. (laughs) Neither one of us is feeling this. No, no. Uh, It's just, yeah, it's awkward and uncomfortable and nobody likes it. Well, also, the weird thing is, is that if everybody knows what Nearty is trying to do is find the next best host, why, why, why would she ever propose you and me together should partner up? Like, you'd think the next logical step would be like, I'm going to use you as my next host. It's going to be fantastic. Let's fatten you up or like, you know, like (laughs) whatever. Maybe she wants, maybe she's lonely. Ahem. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Maybe. I don't that know. Kind, like that kind of lonely. <laughs> She's been in exile. She is in a human body. Ghouls have needs. Ghouls have needs, apparently. 
She needs um, someone to play charades with. Yes. Well, yeah. No, fondue. Have fondue. Do you yes. fondue? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you need somebody to have fondue with. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so Nirti just like shoves Jonas to the floor and calls for Wodan to take him away and bring Jack to the lab. So Jonas is taken back to the cells. Jack tells him that Evanov is dead, just like Alibran. Yeah, that's right. You heard him. Nirti killed Alibran. He then urges Egger to look into Nirti's mind, but Egger says that that's forbidden. It's because she's hiding something from you. And it's Jack's turn now. And Jack just points to Evanov's how empty cot and is like, Nirti just killed a good person. She's going to kill all of you. Jonas insists that they're all stronger together than Nirti is. But, you know, they're not listening. Wodan tries to, like, you know, telekinesis Jack out of the cell. He's like, I'm coming. I'm coming. So off Jack goes. And as they approach the lab, Jack again tries to convince Egger to look into Nirti's mind because, yes, he did want to kill her. But if they knew what she had done, they would want to do the same thing. Once inside the lab, Jack tries to bargain with Nirti by saying he'll let her do whatever she wants to him as long as she heals Sam and lets everybody else go. And Nirti's like, that's not happening. And as she kind of like looks down at the control panel of the machine, Jack looks over at Edgar and kind of gives him a little like encouraging nod. So Edgar does his thing and is like, stop! Jack's telling the truth. She killed Alibran and like hundreds of other people and she's going to kill us. And Nirti calls for her Jaffa, but Wodan stops them with his powers. He takes their weapons and then snaps their necks. And Wodan then turns on Nirti, pulls a Vader, like force choke, lifting her up off the floor. Jack tries to get him to stop because they need Nirti alive to fix what she's done, but he doesn't listen and snaps her neck too. She falls to the floor, dead. So I was also unclear about the telepathy powers because then that was what he could just look into someone's mind rather than hearing their current thoughts. Yeah. It seems to be, he can like read memories as well as thoughts. Yeah. Cause otherwise that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, So Jack's not happy that she's dead because she was the only one who could help Sam, but that's not true. Egger was able to get the information from her mind and implores him to hurry and, like, get Sam up there now. Cut to a bit later, and Sam's all well again. Yay! Yay! And they can now heal everybody else. And, of course, Jack has to make a Wizard of Oz joke with Hail Dorothy, the Wicked Witch is dead. Wildan and Egger are just like, what? Like, it's it's a movie. Margaret Hatt's mm-hmm. like, they don't stop. They don't understand, Jack. Stop. Explaining it isn't going to help. So... Anyway, now that she's gone, they can, you know, get things back on track. The SGC can offer food and supplies to help get them back on their feet. And at some point, maybe Sam would like to come back and study the machine. And Wodan and Egger are like, no, because once they've healed everybody, they're going to destroy the machine. And Sam is like, how could you do that? And Jack's like, um, yeah. Maybe just let this one go. Maybe let, yeah, like, let this one go. And she's like, okay, yes, sir. And it's like, to Oz from the movie which nobody understands the end. I also, I mean, I know it was the button on the scene and the wrap up, but like if I was Sam, I would have been a lot smarter than to immediately ask to study the death machine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, There was apparently a thought of trying to like when, Wodan steps into the machine, actually showing his transformation back into, like, his non-deformed self. 
but I guess they didn't figure that was like actually necessary because we know what it can do. So save money on special effects. Well, that's weird then, because that means that okay well that goes along with how Albran became normal again but that means like they would have fixed themselves from the plague i guess so i mean if you can manipulate dna you can cure illnesses yeah uh, okay fin- final final fun fact this won the leo award the leo award for dramatic series best makeup oh it won it did it finally won something they lost the emmy but they won the leo Yay! Yay, makeup yes. people. Yeah. It's one of you, Leos. It's never won any Emmys, but yeah. it's it's like the Canadian Emmys. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Okay, then. Yeah. Uh, so, title metaphor- Metamorphosis uh, is a change of physical form, structure, or substance, especially by supernatural means. Very fitting. Uh, mm-hmm. All of the foreign territories were just metamorphosis. So, oh. nothing fun there. Desperate measures. No. <laughs> okay. Just the guy who played Evanov appearing in Desperate Measures. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, final thoughts on metamorphosis. What do we think? Anything, anything else we need to discuss from this episode? It's fine. I'm, yeah. I'm putting it in the it's fine category. It's fine. Yeah. Although I do, I mean, I hope they resolve the how is Jonas different uh, storyline obviously I don't remember if they do but that was a very interesting they they, they kind of do yeah they kind of do a little bit okay yes. yeah okay <laughs> it, it's kind of funny um as how much we have talked before about like oh yeah I don't really remember the Jonas Quinn era and like all this stuff because they don't really make that much no. about him he's he's still kind of unless they have you know, tidbits like this or whatever. Um, he's he's still very much just kind of like the background dude. Yeah. So they they don't make his character memorable like at all. <laughs> he's 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 very um like nondescriptly fine. Yes. So he's, no wonder why we don't remember is because there's they don't yeah they don't yeah they don't give him any pizzazz. No. Yeah, he kind of doesn't really have much of a personality beyond being very smart and a nice guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, again, that's probably why when Michael Shanks wanted to come back, they were like, yes, please. Yeah. Because we don't know what to do with this other guy. We've made him yeah. just so vanilla. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. You can find us on threads and Instagram at SG underscore rewatch. And on Discord, you can check for the link in the show notes or send us an email at woo. That's W-O-O-S-G rewatch at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us, please. And we will see you next time for Disclosure. Bye. Bye.